I think self-deprecation is a pretty important tool in the dad's arsenal, you know, because if you want to talk about it all the time, I have the same thing where I get a little self-conscious about like, I'm just like a one note guy now. I'm just, I'm just yeah. that dad who wants to talk about being a dad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I'm like a two note thing because I, I like, there's only so many hours in the day. It's like sports right. or parenting. Yeah. Like I, it's really hard. To, I, like I try to listen to podcasts about other things. I try to watch comedy i can't yeah it's hard to read books about something else but yeah it's it's really hard to to sound like a more well-rounded person than just sports and, and kids but that's kind of my life right now two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies talking about the struggle talking about big papa Welcome to another episode of Big Papas. I'm Pierre Hamilton. And I'm Dan Worry-Smith. You know what this is, a podcast from Modern Dads. Hello! On this episode, our theme is going to be sports. Sports, 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 sports. Ever heard of them? Yeah. No, it's not a, not a big part of society at all, I don't think. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. not creating not any false idols based on these uh, games of sport. Yeah, have you ever have you taken Goldie to a game of of any kind? I have not. Ah, uh, yeah, I tried to get I tried to get Zadie to go every year. Actually, and this is coming up again soon. But every year, uh, my dad and I like to go to uh, Jay's game for his birthday. Yeah, and uh, last year we missed it because we ended up going to San Diego. We replaced it with a visit to uh, the San Diego to Petco Park. Uh, so my brother and my dad and I just went. The, unfortunately, the, the the Padres weren't in the playoffs. Um, so we just went and visited. And I told my dad, look, you know what? Let's do it early. The kid was born. Desmond was born. I was like, let's just go. And I thought, you know what? Zadie's older on the weekend she doesn't really nap as much so i thought oh you know what maybe this is the first time we can go to the game my cousin from uh from new york was going to come in so we all we got tickets and then i was like zadie do you want to go with grandpa and uh franz uh to the game with and with dada and she was like no and i was like <laughs> okay i was like yo it's really fun though it's gonna be interesting and you know you could see the blue jays and she does recognize because I, I i play softball on thursdays right uh in a league the extremely friendly softball league shout outs uh and when i leave for the game because we you know we used to have jerseys we don't right now that's another story but i just wear like a blue jays shirt and so she'll always be like oh dad has softball and then she'll look at the shirt and be like blue jays nice. so she knows the team yeah but then she's like as soon as i was like hey you interested in the game she's like no nah, i'm good you know what? That's better than her saying she wants to go, and then when you get there, She's she like, realizes no. immediately. Yeah, I think for I love baseball, and I, uh, you know, even before having, well, I guess actually, right before the couple years before we had Goldie was when the Jays were on their most recent run, and I went to a bunch of games, and if I, I think I only missed one of those playoff games. Like I was obsessed, and I bought the, the playoff pack, so I had tickets to every game, and I, you know, it meant a lot to me. My, my, we had season tickets for the Jays for years when I was a kid uh, up to and including the playoff runs of 92 and 93. My dad and I were there for Joe Carter's home run. Oh my God. It's like, I mean, I was only 11, but I have some memories of it. But as far as just like I was there type of thing, it could be number one. Definitely a sporting event, number one, but even any event I've been to. So the Blue Jays are really embedded in my DNA. Like from when I was a little kid, you know, that run through the mid 80s up to when we won those World Series, we were one of the best teams and it meant 
so much to me and such a big part of the connection I have with my dad. Um, so in theory, I would love to take Goldie to a baseball game. She occasionally will watch a game. I will say this year, uh, I'm kind of embarrassed. Uh, I can't call myself a hardcore diehard Jays fan this year. I've barely paid much attention. And um, But I did go to Vlad Guerrero's first game this year. I went to a game with my dad. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of dads out there can have a, will have a very similar experience to draw upon as far as sports being very meaningful for their relationship with their dad, maybe their mom as well, but certainly very common that guys kind of share that thing. Absolutely, man. You When you said the piece about, like, I mean, I definitely remember that my dad was into baseball, and that's what brought me and my brother in. My brother ended up playing, like, not, not like, he was close to getting to professional. Right. Didn't end up working out, but um, I just remember, like, Exhibition Stadium. Oof. Like, Lloyd Mosby, oh, yeah. Jesse Barfield, and those memories are like, like really like wrapped up in the sense of who I am, but also who I am in relation to my dad, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just like it. I can't even think of the Blue Jays without thinking about him. It's a weird thing where it's just like the the two things are connected. And you know what? I don't know that that's going to happen right now. With Zadie, it doesn't seem like she's that interested in that. Like, and that's completely fine. I don't know with Desmond. Maybe he'll be super into it, and and maybe that'll be something that I'll pass on to him. Um, the option, I guess, is there, and I'm not really trying to foist one sport or thing on them. But you know what? It is. It is interesting to think about how those bonds change from generation to generation, For right? Sure. So. Yeah. Oh, the, sorry. <laughs> get a little misty. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Listen, you, you start talking Tony Fernandez era Blue Jays, Ooh. and I think we're all going to shed a tear or two. Rance Mullenix. Maybe. <laughs> oh. Tony Fernandez, number one on his jersey and number one in our hearts, as my dad <laughs> likes to say. Yeah, I've shown Goldie some Blue Jays games and, you know, taught her to say, go Blue Jays. Um, in the run-up, uh, you know, the, the Raptors championship run earlier this year, um, obviously the, uh, most of those playoff games, certainly the finals, were way after Goldie's bedtime. But I remember there were a couple matinees uh, one of the Orlando games comes to mind and a couple of the Sunday matinees kind of in the regular season leading up to the playoffs where Goldie was awake and I would show her games and I would get her to say go Raptors and she can even you know like just generally I can say to her like hey what do we say when the basketball game's on and she says go Raptors <laughs> so that feels nice you know and she lives in a world where the Raptors are champions and that's that's kind of all she knows so um, absolutely uh, but yeah I I have a desire to take her to a baseball game, but I'm also kind of putting it off, I think, as long as possible. Because I do know, you know, it's hard even for an adult sometimes to focus on on the game, especially baseball is very big. I find the Dome, uh, the Rogers Center, to be particularly loud. There's a lot of distractions. So, uh, But I do know people who have taken, you know, one of my best friends took his son to a game kind of as soon as he could. My brother and his family live in City Place, which is the the neighborhood kind of adjacent to Rogers Center. And both of my nephews went very early in their lives and they go, you know, with some frequency. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a little envious of that. But I also, I feel like it could be a pretty stressful and not worthwhile experience to take a little kid to a game. And I'm, I'm kind of putting that off, um, even though the sports uh, or the Blue Jays specifically do mean a lot to me. Yeah. I feel like the the thing that I that was sort of stuck in my head when even I was when we were considering taking her to the game was that like I don't want to get there, pay all this money for these tickets and then pull the like 
third inning stretch, which then stretches into it looks stretch like we're going home. home yeah. yeah, it looks like we're going home. I mean, I think it's common. <laughs> I think even if I take Goldie to her first game when she's like four or five, like I feel like you got to be ready for that. Yeah. Because if and it, you know it could be a sensory thing, like forget just being bored or not able to focus or whatever. Uh, it they could get overwhelmed. Like it is really loud. I also, man, I don't want. I, I guess now that the stadiums probably have family restrooms, which makes it a lot easier. But the idea of going anywhere, maybe it's not realistic at a sporting event because they will have the family restrooms. But just generally, the idea of going somewhere and having to take a little girl into the men's room, you know, especially at some stadium, some gross, like who knows what's been going on in there, right? Well, yeah. most likely death let's be honest and um also all the drinking is yeah yeah it also, yeah when even when i walk into those washrooms at the, like at a jays game i'm like ah oh, man yeah come on oh. i i do love to see those clips you see every now and then though of the dad holding the baby catching the foul ball maybe even catching it in his beer it's out there those clips are out there and uh all praise to those dads <laughs> oh i like the flip you did on that you like that yeah, yeah might as well say all praise to the moms that's that praise. Um, you know what? The other thing I wanted to quickly mention before we wrap up out of this uh, is that you're right. When the Raptors run happened, Zadie, I think, was aware of it. She did, like, even weeks after, she'd be like, let's go Raptors. I'm like, that part's done. We've already won. We don't have to do that. <laughs> Quiet down. Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you could, that's for next season. That's for next season. You hold it. it. And and that was, I think, when Kawhi was still, that was still, like, he was still with us. Oh, uh, the so, Yeah. So, but I remember that, and this is, like, we were like right up against the wall uh, with Golden State, and it was June 13th when the Raptors won. Desmond was born the morning of June 14th. Both Jess and I were like, honestly, this can't go another game. We're super stressed. Like we don't want to. It, it was. It would have been like the Sunday. I think would have been the last game. Right. Like we would have then been like dealing with Desmond as like a full entity as opposed to like in the womb, <laughs> and. I remember just sort of being there and being like, oh, God, like, can they do it? Can they do it? And there was like a part of the, like, right at the end of the game where we were here, like, oh, my God, this is, uh, they're going to push it. They're going to push it. And then they didn't. I remember we were just like, oh, my God. And it was ecstatic. And the thing that was crazy about it is we opened, we live in Little Italy, and we opened our windows, we opened the doors, and you could just hear the city. Yeah. And that was an amazing, amazing feeling. So, like, even though Zadie isn't aware of it, I feel like, maybe somehow she's still aware of it like yeah. on a, at some level and Desmond he it's just in there I feel like it's like so somehow it's been passed on to him and I remember people the next day saying to us like oh my god like congratulations you know how's little Kawhi doing and I was like what do you I was like you know it's little it's like little Kawhi I was naming everybody I was like you anybody on the team Van Vliet I was like everybody who made any contribution to the team I was like that's who the name is it's a long they got like 15 20 middle names Masai Powell Hamilton everybody (laughs) everybody was in there but it was beautiful it was a great moment and Mm -hmm. and definitely something for us anyway and I know people listen to this outside of the the city of Toronto but that's when we got we got that one forever you can't take that one away uh, we'll be riding that wave. We're going to ride it right into our interview segment today. I will be right back with our special guest on Big Papa's. All right, it's Big Papa's. Today I am talking to Ben Ennis. He's a longtime sports broadcaster. You know him from The Good Show on Sportsnet Radio Fan 590 and as one of the hosts of Sportsnet Central. Ben, how's it going? Thanks for being with me today. Good, buddy. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. You're you're riding in the back seat with your two sons right now, if I understand correctly. 
Yeah, we did a little grocery shopping, and uh, yeah, uh, got a couple of good seed mates, I guess. I am, uh, I'm one of those guys. Also, when I go to the grocery store, I cannot resist the impulse aisle. Uh, so I, I bought a couple of football sippy cups. Oh, uh, sweet! That I think my boys are going to be into. Nice. Your your sons. Uh, one of them is almost four. The other one is one and a half. So maybe this would only apply to the older one. But do they know that you're famous? <laughs> well, I mean, I you're using like the biggest quotation marks in the history of the world to say famous. That's right. Uh, yeah, like my son has seen me on TV. He, he's listened to me on radio. But I don't think I I think at this point he thinks that's like normal things, right? Like that that everybody is on radio or, or television. So right. I, 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 like, he knows that I'm on those things, but um, I don't know if he, if he thinks it's necessarily all that special. Uh, sports fans are obviously very opinionated and maybe even more so fans of sports talk radio. Have you ever been in a situation where someone spoke to you or maybe even chirped you in public while you're with your kids? Uh, no, not in public. Uh, luckily, you know, my, my four-year-old doesn't have Twitter though, because yeah, my wife does. And she sees some of the stuff that goes on, on Twitter. That's where like the filter is totally off. Right. And people can go at you with complete anonymity, but yeah, uh, honestly, like it's, it's such a subsection of a subsection sports talk radio that yeah, occasionally I'll, I'll, I'll run into people who are fans of the show and want to talk about it, but it's man to, to approach somebody in a public space and have negative things to say, you have to be a certain type of person. And luckily uh, not too many by which I mean, zero of those interactions. Well, that's good. Maybe something to look forward to though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't wait for my first, Dan. <laughs> Listeners, if you're out there and you heard, uh, you know, now you know. Stay clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See me at the park or something. That's right. Don't say anything to Ben. Um, your weekday radio show is an afternoon show, and when you work mm -hmm. as a TV anchor, it's often done at the nighttime. What does your parenting routine look like? Uh, you know, it's interesting because we're kind of into a new routine because um, my eldest son, he had his, his first week of junior kindergarten last week. So um, we have a great system and I know how lucky we are because my mother-in-law watches my kids a couple of times a week and is, is able to help out. Uh, she's like 15 minutes away from her house. But yeah, the way it works is I usually get up with the kids. Uh, usually it's uh, a little earlier than six, which is not ideal. But uh, yeah, like around six and I'll, I'll feed them. Uh, I'll get them ready to get out the door. And then my mother-in-law will pick up uh, the one and a half year old at around quarter to eight, eight o'clock. And now that my nearly four year old is in junior kindergarten, um, I, I walk him to school and he's got to be at the school for 8.35, um, which actually still works out for me because it's about a 10 minute walk. I walk back home able to have my shower and uh, do a little extra preparation before work and leave the house um, around 10 o'clock, uh, quarter after 10 in the morning. But it's busy, man. Yeah, like I'm I'm going for uh, three hours straight pretty much uh, when I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get those guys out. Uh, j just to steer off for a second into your job, because I'm sure it's the kind of job that a lot of dads will find pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, you're getting on the radio for several hours every day to talk sports. I'm sure you have some idea of what the topics might be, but there also might be some things thrown at you didn't expect. Like, what does your 
kind of homework load look like as far as consuming sports each day and keeping a tab on what the stories are and all the things that you might need to keep in mind so you can go out there and, and be a credible presence on the radio? Honestly, that's the hardest part, having kids and then and balancing that because it's, I mean, save for the summer when sports are, you know, not as abundant. And I, I took a bunch of vacation during the summer, as I think most people who work in the industry do. But, you know, starting now in the fall, just, just about every night you're watching, you have to watch at least one game, if not multiple screens of games. And, you know, they usually start around 7 o'clock, 7.30, which is not ideal when you're getting home at 5.30 or if I'm picking them up from my mother-in-law's place, I'm getting home closer to 6 o'clock and it's like right into dinner. And, and yeah, getting bath time figured out and in bed. So uh, the PVR has very much been my friend. Right. Uh, but it's, it's tough, man. That's the, that's the hardest part because, yeah, you can't do what I do and not watch the games. I mean, people have tried, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I think you expose yourself pretty quickly if that's the route you want to take to be a credible person. Like you said, you, you have to watch the games. You have to put the time in. And I know myself and my co-host, J.D. Bunkus, were, were pretty ardent in that regard as, as far as, yeah, keeping up with everything, reading everything, putting the time in. And it, it might mean, you know, catching up on something on PVR and watching it till 11 o'clock midnight. And then, yeah, quick turnaround the next morning and maybe even watching some more in the morning or reading more in the morning. It just, it's a never ending process really. But that's that. If I had to say there was the one most difficult part of, of being a parent and having this job, it is, yeah. Keeping up with all the, the live sports that are, that are happening. Do the boys want to watch sports with you? You know, it's funny. Like I'm, both of them, well, it's hard to know with the one-and-a-half-year-old at this point, but he has a pretty good arm. But, yeah, my near four-year-old, Everett, he loves to play sports, and I've always had sports on in the house. And usually he, he'll he entertain me by sitting next to me for a little bit, especially during the Raptors playoff run because I was pretty <laughs> animated and vocal yeah. that he was kind of getting into it. But I, he did say for the first time two weeks ago, hey, Dad, uh, I love to play baseball. I don't like to watch baseball, which was the <laughs> which was the first I'd heard of that. He does love to play sports, but yeah, when sports are on in the house, I try to have like a conversation. I'll try to you know do like a little mini play by play for him while I'm watching to maybe get him interested in it. Uh, yeah, I think that might come with age, but yeah, at this point he's not too into it. He he loves to go to to sporting events. We went to Raptors 905 a couple of years ago. Uh, we've been to. Uh, a couple of different Jays games, and yeah, you get a bucket of popcorn in front of him, or you know, uh, cotton candy. Yeah, he he's down with that. But as far as watching it on TV, yeah, it's a little tough. Actually, we watched wrestling today for the first time, and that one kind of actually kept his attention. So cool. I might have to get back into wrestling. I imagine you have uh, at least some number of colleagues who are also dads. Is the topic of parenting the kind of thing that gets discussed among people in your industry, in your experience? I, I always struggle with this one. I don't know if you're talking about on air or off, because on air I do bring up the kids occasionally, and I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't try to overdo it because I know, like, it's, you know, it's like classic trope, right? Like, you think your own kids are the most interesting thing in the world, and maybe not everybody else does. So I'll, I'll try to bring them in to, to occasional conversations and maybe in like a self-deprecating fashion. But as far as like out, outside of on-air stuff, just in the office, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I work with a lot of people that are around the similar age brackets and with similar age kids. So yeah, 
we talk about uh, parenting a lot. I also struggle with that too, because I get, man, it's, it consumes so much of my life and it's so much of what I think about that. I, it's like almost my default um, topic of conversation when I'm talking to people. And I almost want to like, yeah, yeah, I should diversify my, my, my non on air conversation a little bit more. So I try, I try to steer away from it, but yeah, there's a lot of, of uh, similarly aged parents uh, where I work. Yeah, I think self-deprecation is a pretty important tool in the dad's arsenal, you know, because if you want to talk about it all the time, I have the same thing where I get a little self-conscious about like, I'm just like a one note guy now. I'm just I'm just yeah. that dad who wants to talk about being a dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I'm like a two note thing because I, I like there's only so many hours in the day. It's like sports right. or parenting. Yeah. Like, I, it's really hard. To, I, like, I try to listen to podcasts about other things. I try to watch comedy i can't yeah it's hard to read books about something else but yeah it's it's really hard to to sound like a more well-rounded person than just sports and, and kids but that's kind of my life right now i love it we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with more big papas Back again chatting with Nicole Austin, the founder of Nama Mama. Uh, the company actually just turned one year old, so happy anniversary. Congrats on that. Thank you. Happy birthday to us. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I wonder, aside from just general company growth, what are the long-term goals you have in mind as far as the impact you want to make with Nama Mama? I really hope for Nama Mama to be a destination for people to come to to learn more about how to live a healthier lifestyle to learn about how to be more eco-friendly, just to be an inspiration to all of those out there who want to make positive changes in their life. Nama Mama is on a mission to help families live better, healthier, happier lives by handcrafting all natural artisanal products for mama, baby, and the whole family. Check them out at namamama.com. That's N-A-M-A-M-A-M-A. Don't forget to use our promo code for 15% off at checkout. That's Big Papas, all caps, one word, promo code Big Papas. Nama Mama, it's the bomb. Hey, we're back chatting with Ben Ennis. So Ben, obviously you spend a lot of time paying attention to and dissecting uh, the lives of athletes. I wonder, are there any athletes that come to mind if you try to think of an example of what makes a good dad? Uh, yeah, athlete fathers. I mean, we, we, we know a little bit about these guys. I mean, the, the guy that I think first popped into my mind is the, the, the most famous athlete dad would be LeBron. And I think he does it. I think he does it as as well as he can. Of being being one of what the top five most famous, uh, not just athletes, like people on planet Earth. For sure. Um, like he seems legit. And I don't know. Like we're all consuming this through his social media or through whatever he gives us. But man, I buy it. Uh, I buy the enthusiasm he has when he shows up at his kids' AAU games. I, I really do. I, I think it, it, he's in as difficult a spot as you can have, um, as far as you know dividing your time correctly but i think that's part of the the reason why he, he joined the lakers was that he wanted to put his kid in the best basketball sporting life situation uh, even if it meant sacrificing a competitive year of of his career uh going to la so yeah i i think that's if i like that's the first guy that, that comes to mind but again like we only know so much about these guys what they give us really 
Yeah, I mean, was, as a Raptors fan, it was so heartwarming every chance we got to see Kyle Lowry interacting with his, his kids on this championship run. And definitely when I when I was thinking of these questions with you, that that was kind of the, the one that I had uh, at the forefront of my mind. So, you know, you mentioned LeBron putting his kid in a position to, to be in a good situation as far as where he could play basketball. And earlier you said that Everett is more into playing sports than watching sports. Is, is the involvement that your kids have in actually taking part in sports something that's important to you it is but only if they want to do it right and i think that's that's the huge key like if i i said it you know hey you want to play some baseball if he said no or he tried it a couple times and didn't appear to be into it i'm not i'm not pushing that on him i don't think anybody any parent should ever do that um but i'll i'll i've always been open to letting my kids go down that path and he's he's enjoyed it. We've we've kind of just only dabbled in in the uh, in the organized sports uh, playing because he's yeah he's a little young. But we we've done the soccer thing. Um, he played indoor soccer when he was three. Just played outdoor soccer for the first time this past summer. And I've got him signed up for hockey in October, even though he can't skate. Uh, but there's time. We'll we'll figure that out before October. But yeah, I I, I think I'm super conscious, especially considering the industry I'm in not to be the guy that's like, you know, really forcing his kid to do something that he doesn't want to do. Cause I feel like that's a bad look. Like the guy in sports media with the kid who's just like miserable going to these, these, uh, organized sports, uh, things. Yeah. So that's not me. He's, he's legitimately into it. If he was awake right now, he would tell you, but he fell asleep. So. You don't, you don't want to be that dad at the little league game, right? No. <laughs> and they're no, like, Hey, man. that's Ben from Sportsnet. He no, really into sports. Yeah. No, I never want to be that guy. And I just finished the, the online tutorial tutorial uh about how not to be one of those hockey dads so yeah no i don't want to be i don't want to be that guy for sure and this i forgive me if you've talked about this kind of thing uh on your show because it's obviously uh, a topic that's been in the kind of general sports conversation a lot recently but would you have any hesitation if your kids wanted to play a physical sport like hockey or football in like a really serious way if they were getting older uh just based on what we know about the potential for long-term injuries and brain damage uh, I think football is totally different than everything else. Like hockey, I know it is a physical sport and there's hitting involved and it, uh, yeah. And my little one is obviously like very opinionated on the subject because he's screaming at me, but yeah. Um, he, yeah. As far as football, honestly, I, I played one year of football. I played my senior year of high school. I played football. I'd have a tough time. Uh, and I think most, schools are almost phasing it out like it's it's really difficult i think to find a football program right. at a high school these right. days like like peewee football there's no chance like i would never ever uh sign my kid up for for peewee football it was never on my radar i don't think that's really much of a canadian thing at least where i grew up it wasn't but hockey i think is is totally different yeah there's there's a physical element to hockey but you can still be a skilled player and avoid that side of the game. And I think we do a pretty good job in this country of waiting till kids are the right age to introduce hit, introduce hitting. And I think we have a, enough of an understanding of concussions that we're not pushing kids to fight through them. Um, but yeah, football is probably a stay away. Yeah. And uh, I think most kids now, you know, they also understand the concussion thing too. And when they get to an age that it's time to decide whether to play or not, I think they're, I think rightly afraid, or I expect him to be rightly afraid of that sport. So yeah, I'd probably stay away from football. 
Is it possible that uh, like a sports program might influence where you would send a kid to school? Maybe like that's a, like another thing. Like if he, if he was really shown an aptitude and was really super interested, I know there's that Jamal Murray went to that uh, sports specific school. I think it's in Orangeville where it's like, it really, it steers you in a direction towards getting eyeballs on you uh, as far as scholarships and then eventually professional sports. I don't, I don't know if it, if they have anything outside of basketball, but I know for sure basketball is an element of that. Like, again, like this is, my kid's going to set the tone for that. Um, not now because he's only four, but it's at, at a certain point, if he really does take to it and he, he really has an aptitude for it. And I get enough people telling me that, yeah, this could be an avenue for him. And if he's interested, I would absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, not steer him in a direction of a, a certain school, but yeah, I would seek those out if he was seriously interested in it. Is there a particular team, like maybe the Jays or the Leafs, that you feel is important for you to kind of embed in your kids' DNA? I, you know, I know a lot of a lot of guys share that connection with their dad, so maybe it's something something to kind of pass down. Is there something like that that's important for you? Oh yeah, the the Toronto teams, and uh, I I think it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty easy to do that. Uh, he's he does root for the Jays, he roots for the Leafs, and he roots for the Raptors as much as a four-year-old can. But I think uh, I like, if we're going to choose one, it's the Jays. I mean, the the Jays basically put me on this, this path to, to being passionate about sports when they were winning world series in the early nineties in my, my formative years. And I do, I feel more of a connection towards that franchise than any of the others uh, in Toronto. So I I think, yeah, if I, if I had to to choose one where I was like, yeah, Let's let's not be Yankee fans. It'd probably be baseball. <laughs> they better not be Yankee fans. <laughs> well, his 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 uncle, um, my wife's brother, uh, lives in New York City and, and did buy him a Derek Jeter jersey a couple years ago, which we had to put on, you know, because we're nice people. Yeah. But yeah, I felt like that was an act of hostility. Yeah, I mean, I have plenty of respect for the captain, but uh, no, no Yankees gear in my house. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit him anymore, so it's it's in the closet somewhere. Things find a way of working themselves out, don't they? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Just a couple more things, uh, a little, you know, away from sports and kind of just into general parenting. Is there? Would you say you have like a philosophy as a dad or like a code that you try to stick to as you approach your your uh, duties as a parent? Yeah, I try to be hands-on and, uh, yeah, present, but not overbearing, right? Like, I, I, I want to let my kids make their own mistakes, like, not, you know, break their arms or anything. Uh, but, you know, like, I think there's a certain amount of uh, distance you want to give your kids so that they can figure it out themselves and make their own mistakes, because I think that's the best way they can learn. That's, I mean, you can tell someone all you want something, but there's a different level of being ingrained in your brain when you live it, right? And I think uh, I think that's by and large it can be difficult at times for sure too because you do want to protect your kids at all times. But I I think my overall philosophy is yeah letting letting them experience things for themselves, make their own mistakes, and kind of guiding them. Uh, of course, like the reins come off the older they get, or the reins come off more and more. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's uh, not being too too on them uh, all the time. Do you have a favorite memory or a favorite recurring experience from your time as a dad? Yeah, I, it, it, 
probably is playing sports with my my eldest son and uh, the little guys. He's he's getting into his own personality now, and I'm sure we'll have more of these as uh, he gets older. But yeah, my four year old can he can really swing the bat, and we we uh, we play baseball whether it's in my uh, my. Uh, in-laws backyard they have a big backyard or in the park or some some place and like the smile on his face the excitement he gets out of connecting uh with a ball is is pretty uh, rewarding uh last thing do you have a piece of advice that you would uh, impart to first-time dads or maybe dads who are a little earlier along in the process than you i mean it's it's 2019 so almost this goes without saying that like gender roles are not as ingrained like there is there's no shame or there's no, like you shouldn't be embarrassed to be a super hands-on dad and, and somebody that takes great pride in how your child is parented. But honestly, like I say that because I, I, I maybe there's still people that, that think that like the, the, the parenting should be more on the, the feminine side of the scale. But I, I think we're moving towards a, a world where it's it's very 50-50 and at sometimes you know 60-40 one way or the other and back and forth and that yeah i think that would be the advice i i would give people is that your maybe your preconceived notions of of who should be doing what aren't accurate you heard it here first sports fans equality is the way ben i really appreciate you taking the time out and uh your family for listening to this one-sided interview that we did while you drove back from the grocery store so <laughs> thanks thanks so much and uh best of luck with everything hope to talk to you again soon thanks dan yeah it was great thanks yeah thank you for listening to another episode of big papa's Please take a moment, if you can, to rate and review the show. It goes a long way and will be much appreciated. Big Papa's Season 3 is recorded at Audio Process in the Lynx Music Studios here in Toronto. Our engineer is Trey from We Create Media. Our theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Matt Warry-Smith. Our logo was designed and produced by Hannah Warry-Smith. Big thanks to our exclusive sponsor, Nama Mama. Check out their line of handcrafted, all-natural artisanal products for mama, baby, and the whole family at namamama.com. And don't forget to use our promo code to get 15% off your purchase. Big Papas, all caps, one word. We'll see you next time. 